Hey folks, welcome to Enrollify's latest podcast series, BrandCamp. BrandCamp is a special podcast series on why brand manifestos matter in higher education and how to create one for your institution, your academic unit, or your program. This special series is brought to you by Unincorporated, a higher education agency committed to building engagement, growing enrollments, and solving major challenges facing universities, schools, and academies. BrandCamp is hosted by me, Zach Buzikers from Enrollify, and Ian Evanstar, founder and CEO of Unincorporated. This series will explore why higher ed needs better brand manifestos, how to craft a mission statement for your school that doesn't suck, why vision statements are crucial for higher ed marketing, and how to audit your brand values and augment your brand positioning accordingly. You can learn more about the incredible work that Unincorporated is doing and explore their client case studies at unincorporated.com. Or you can connect with Ian on LinkedIn via the link in the show notes below. All right, get ready, folks. It's time to go to Brand Camp. Welcome back, sir. Good to, good to be with you again. How are you doing today? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, man. I had so much fun, actually, the last time we spoke. Uh, we were talking all things uh, mission statements, and so... I feel like like I actually slacked a team member after and I said, I think I just need to talk to Ian like every morning um, to like get me going, <laughs> get me going for the day. <laughs> yeah, a little pump up. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I can be your hype man if if you want. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, dude. I, that would, I, I, might, I might need that. You should start a little side gig, a little side hustle or something. <laughs> just have like a, a two minute like power, like, you know, like yeah, supercharge uh, for the day and just throw a bunch of affirmations at me. Hey, I, I would pay for that, man. And I bet other people would too. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, well, good, man. I, I'm excited to for our conversation today. Again, this is part of our special series that we're doing with you all, um, which has been, again, I, I, I should probably be careful saying this, but like one of one of my favorite series where a lot of times I we, we do these cool partnered series and um, you know, I, I've learned a, a fair amount over the years and it's, it's, I feel like a little rare where I'm talking to somebody consistently, where I'm constantly thinking about things a little bit differently or learning something new. And I feel like our conversations have just yielded new insight and or new perspective for me. So I'm excited today to talk all about vision statements and get your thoughts on how to craft great vision statements, what good, ex what examples you, uh, that, that come to mind for you of, about what a, a great vision statement is. So I'm excited to unpack all of that today. Um, I, I thought actually w a good place for us to start because most folks probably aren't streaming these uh, conversations back to back. I thought it would actually be helpful to kind of start off by clarifying like the difference between a vision statement and a mission statement. Uh, we did talk about this extensively in um, in episode two. So if you want a more comprehensive understanding, just go back to episode two. But you want to just kick us off, Ian, by talking a little bit about how these things differ, and then we'll dive into uh, all the goodness that surrounds how to build uh, a great vision statement. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and the I think that this is actually a great place to start because how we define the vision statement within the brand manifesto framework compared to the mission statement, that is a fundamental distinction and will optimize the success for anyone who's actually going to apply the brand manifesto framework to their unit, to their department, to their college, or maybe even to at the institutional level to their university. But the vision statement, it's part of your strategic brand development. It is a significant component. I'm not going to say the most significant component because <laughs> you need all three pillars. You need vision statement, mission statement, and core values, but it is a component. 
of your brand manifesto, which does include mission statement and core values. So this brand manifesto foundation uh, being, of course, the groundwork for a strong brand, a strong institutional institutional um, understanding of who you are and how to move forward and make progress. You need all three of these, but a vision statement to answer the question specifically, this is how you describe what you're looking to achieve. It mm -hmm. is your what statement. It explains exactly what you are trying to achieve. So all brands have a current state and a desired state. So if you think about the vision statement as your future desired state of being, that is really what it comes down to, what you're trying to achieve or sure. what you're trying to transform into, right? I like to think of the vision statement or present the vision statement um, in these terms because, or, or sorry, using using an analogy that relates to mountain climbing because I've uh, climbed a few mountains in my day. But if you think about kind of the summit or the peak of a mountain, now there's a lot of different mountains when you look out, say the Rocky Mountains, or you know if you're uh, climbing perhaps somewhere in Tibet, there's a lot of different peaks or summits that you could aim for. So your vision statement is really the summit that you choose. It's the peak of where you're heading and it's what you're looking to achieve hmm. long-term. It's hmm. basically your goal. On, on that note, Ian, um, do, do vision statements for brands tend to evolve or, or is it pretty much like kind of like one and done? Meaning do they need to be broad enough where, you, uh, if you're a brand that's around for 50 years, you'll, you will still never get, you'll still never quite summit the mountain or, or do vision statements kind of change and evolve over time as a brand grows? Yeah, Th this is a great question. And it's, I think a, a fundamental, um, aspect of the vision statement that's oftentimes misunderstood or can be confusing to a leader. But the vision statement, like your big, hairy, audacious goal, yeah. as described by Jim Collins, your BHAG, that should feel aspirational and out of reach, right? It, it, it should be something that you're not going to achieve in the short term. You know, this is a long-term goal of what you're trying to become. It's a higher purpose. So they should be out of reach. That That's your overarching vision statement. Now, I've worked with a lot of different brands and a handful of different academic units where they want to set like yearly visions, hmm. right? Or they're maybe they're developing a strategic plan over the next 10 years. And yeah. so we're breaking down that 10 year vision, which is going to be lofty and feel a bit out of reach, you know, especially like after the academic calendar ends this year. Um, and then working back or reverse engineering from that 10 year vision statement down to say a yearly vision statement or an annual vision statement. And we'll get into the mechanics of this and I'll give you a format that you can use, but your primary vision statement should be lofty, a bit out of reach, difficult to achieve. And then of course you can break that down into smaller vision statements if you're looking at say a one, two, or maybe three to five year plan. Um, if I could, I. I I neglected to differentiate between the vision statement and the mission statement. Yeah, I know yeah, yeah. that this yeah. is covered in the mission statement, but if the vision statement's the what you're trying to achieve in that desired future state or of uh, who you are as a brand, the mission statement is how, hmm. how you will actually go about 
heading towards that direction and achieving that goal. So mission statement is how to reach your objective. The vision statement as clearly as possible should articulate what you're trying to achieve. In terms of sort of the importance of developing vision statements, I, I would imagine most of the people tuning into this conversation understand its importance um, because they are likely marketers, they're likely brand folks, uh, and or they're working in enrollment management positions, and they, they understand mm -hmm. this at, at least at some level. They might struggle to sort of explain why company or university time and resources should be spent kind of being very careful with developing these things. Uh, and when they yep. talk to their, their leadership, for example, right, they might have to work a little bit harder to explain the the value of this stuff. So what are some good yeah. uh, pro tips and or things that you've acquired over the years um, as as good reasons why vision statements are, are are so crucial to to have in place for for teams, obviously at the institutional level, but maybe even more importantly at, at the the academic unit level? Yeah, so you've touched upon a an inherent challenge or, or problem for most leaders within these settings, which is you have to convince your boss. You know, there's always someone higher up than you that you have to convince in order to make an investment in, say, brand manifesto work, or at least just work on the vision statement. The other problem is that when these vision statements get crafted, or maybe there's one that exists, so so maybe a, an answer or a response. So why do we need a vision statement? We already have one. Well, one thing you can point out if you're in that situation is that may be true, but most of the mission and vision statements that I've seen, and this is probably the case for those listening, they are combined, hmm. right? They provide yeah. a statement of the company's purpose, yeah. goals, and values all into one single document or one single statement, which makes it very difficult to remember and then act upon. And this blend of mission and vision statements, it may seem like the appropriate thing to do. And it's probably like the legacy documentation or legacy manifesto statement that's in place. Yeah. But in my experience, these statements are much more effective in terms of driving growth and getting everyone on the same page and unified toward a common goal when they're actually structurally separate from one another. Hmm. So that the relationship or the correspondence between your vision, what you're trying to achieve, and your mission, which again is how you will achieve that, is more readily understood and then, of course, more readily acted upon. Now, the reason vision statements are so important, <laughs> if that doesn't fly with your boss, is because they have a proven track record to actually motivate the success and drive organizations. Hmm. So you might be able to point to some data you know, metrics and say, look, we're slipping here. We're coming up short, maybe in our, our uh, rankings, our enrollment numbers are down. Maybe the quality of students is, is diminishing. Maybe our endowment or the number of grants that we're taking in, we're not actually making enough progress toward our vision. And that could be a good time to kind of revisit that question because vision statements have a proven track record to motivate the success and really accelerate the growth of organizations. Sure. So, if you want to lead, you know, you might, you might ask your boss this, do you want to lead more effectively? Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you want to accelerate the growth of your university college or program? Yeah. Well then you, we need to revisit our vision statement. And if we don't, if we don't want to grow or accelerate our growth or lead more effectively, then Hey, no problem. You know, no vision statement <laughs> required. Yeah. Uh, there's a great quote, George Washington Carver, 
who says when there's no vision, there's no hope. And what that hope is referring to is a hope around the sense of growth, a sense of evolution, potential, legacy. And I would even go so far as to this is my last you know piece of pro tip here. And I know it's a long-winded answer. No, it's great. But there's a great book called Drive uh, that, that Daniel Pink, one of my uh, mentors, wrote. And it goes, it basically lays out like 40 to 50 years of research and case studies to describe exactly what truly motivates us. These are intrinsic motivating factors, not extrinsic ones, but intrinsic ones. And what he finds is that it comes down to three things, mastery, autonomy, and purpose. And purpose translates exactly to your vision statement. Purpose is everything. Purpose tells you, everyone in your institution, everyone on your team, including yourself, why we're getting out of bed every day, Yeah. what we're yeah. reaching for, what our higher purpose is so that these day-to-day -day minutia tasks that hit everyone actually have meaning. Yeah. So remember this, boss, if we rework our vision statement, it will give us purpose. So vision ultimately equals purpose and purpose ultimately equals motivation. Wow. Ah. Oh. That was a that was like a TED talk, Ian, right there. That was uh, that was awesome. <laughs> well, okay, we're done here. Just edit that, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep it simple. Uh, no, so you know you know what struck me as you were as you were talking was I was thinking just a, a lot about uh, like a culture, right, and how when you are in a a culture, whether it's like you know I'm talking kind of like a lowercase C culture, you're in a room, you're at a company, you're at an event. There's there's an air about that you know, event, that room, that company, whatever it might be. And I feel like yes. there's something to be said for uh, even just in my own experience where I've been in environments where you can tell that the vision is very clear, right? The vision of the organization is clear because the culture, the people that you talk to, like you, you, you hear the same thing from everybody, right? Like you hear the same yes. goal. I think, I think about like HubSpot as a, as an example of this, right? Um, and, and I, I don't know their culture as well as I did maybe a couple of years ago, um, when they were, when they were less big, but, uh, I, I would go up to their sure. office sometimes and we're uh, a partner agency there. And anyways, I would, I would talk to their employees, right. And I talked to their leadership. And one of the things that I'll never forget is that while this wasn't their vision statement, people kept saying anytime, anytime I would ask, Oh, how do you do this? Or how do you decide, you know, whether to prioritize a or B or whether to, you know, to throw resources at C or D. They would say that um, they would say, oh, well, you know, we just use good judgment. They kept saying, use good judgment, use good judgment, use good judgment. Um, and, mm -hmm. and for HubSpot, like that was sort of a uh, that's what they tell their staff, their team members, their employees around like, hey, we don't want to answer all of we can't answer all of your questions. And you have there are so many scenarios that you're going to encounter in a given day, right, that we're not going to be able to have answers for. So just just use good judgment, right? Just just use good judgment, yeah. Ian. And of That's course, that, that informs who they hire and, 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 and all that stuff. But what was so clear to me, and that was a, a, a little bit of a tangent here, but what was clear to me about being in that space was that these people, right, these engineers, these product folks, these marketing folks, whatever their vision statement was, they were all on the same page, right? And I imagine yep. that's because they had a very clear vision, a very clear mission, uh, and therefore culturally, they had a very, very, very strong culture. So maybe another thing to yep. just add in is like, everyone's talking about building culture these days, right? Everyone in, yep. in theory is prioritizing that. And maybe one of the fundamental components to being able to build great culture starts with having a very well-defined, very clear 
uh, very, very resonant uh, vision statement. Yeah, I agree. And I think that those who follow this series forward and listen to the full expose on core values, those are also fundamentally paramount to mm -hmm. building the culture of your organization or company. But, but that idea of our vision is just to use good judgment. To me, that's more of a, a mission statement. Yes, so maybe yes. they would qualify it as this is how we will accomplish our vision. We're just going to use good judgment day to day. We're going to use good judgment, but yeah, it gets everyone on the same page and helps filter and curate and craft that, that culture. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, realistically, it's probably even more of like a, a core value in that case. But my only point in bringing that up was I, it was so clear to me that being in that, in that environment that people were headed in the same direction, right? There was like this yeah. directional soundness among them, um, which I imagine, right. Uh, only comes about when there is a very clear vision and a very clear mission for what you're what exactly you're I, I get this question a lot it's like oh i don't i don't know exactly you know what what i'm going to accomplish maybe next year you know I, I do a lot of consulting for startups as as well as you know, higher education and and i think this is where the analogy of the mountain peak is so helpful hmm. because if you if you have a clear enough vision if if your sight is clear enough on that's the summit in the distance you know, when you take step by step and maybe you get a little bit off track, you know, generally speaking, you're heading all toward that same focal point. Yeah. So it allows for a little innovation. It allows for pivoting. It allows for those, you know, circuitous routes that we take along this journey and this adventure of brand building or running an organization or leading a company, right? So it, it kind of, it gives you a North star, if you yeah. will, toward that peak, which does allow for some flexibility while still maintaining that everyone is driving together toward the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. So well said. So Ian, what are, what are some examples of like great vision statements that you've stumbled upon over the years? Yeah. So I have uh, a few outside of higher education that, that I can share with you, but I, I think that the most, and then a, and a couple from universities that we're going to talk about here in a minute, I'm sure. But one of the most powerful examples of a vision statement is actually from President Kennedy's 1961 famous declaration. Hmm. And what he declared is, quote, this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before the decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. Hmm. It's aspirational. It seemed so outlandish at the time, but what it did, of course, the result was that this galvanized the nation. I mean, we had record-breaking amounts of patriotism. Think about how divisive, you know, we are right now, or divided we are right now. Yeah. Record-breaking amounts of patriotism, and the forward momentum that actually, you know, allowed us to reach that historic moon landing in 1969 was all because of this famous declaration or this famous vision statement. So I, I think that's one of the best, best vision statements ever recorded. That's a great one. Uh, but then there, there are a couple other ones. Let's, let's read these and see if you can put the brands next to them. Quote, we are going to organize the world's information and make it universally acceptable or sorry, accessible and useful. Who mm -hmm. do you think that is? I, I know this one, actually. It's Google, right? <laughs> it's Google. That's right. That's right. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Okay. How about this one? 
It's our goal to be the Earth's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover anything they may want to buy online. Uh, I would have to go with Amazon. Bing, bing, ah. number two. Okay, and three, can, can we get a, a hat trick here, ladies and gentlemen? Give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. Oh, share and make the world i w i was my, my my initial thought was facebook is that is that's that it it's facebook got oh, it. okay. okay yeah okay. also known as meta now also right known as meta so now. regardless of of you know how you might feel about these brands you know personally these are some like very powerful vision statements and if you notice they all have a similar attribute i mean could you imagine when the ceo of Amazon stood up and told everyone in the room, like early programmers, like, hey, listen, people, our goal is basically to allow customers to buy anything at any time, anywhere in the world. They were like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah, they're probably like, I signed up to like build a website where you could order on your books online, right? Like that, that's yeah, all I signed exactly. up for. <laughs> exactly. So so there, there are these like exponential uh, examples or examples that show exponent exponential growth yeah. of a brand yeah. like Google, like Amazon, like Meta, where they actually they they come out with such a crazy you know aspirational vision statement that they do achieve the vision statement in the period of time of say their their founder their initial founder, and then maybe they have to reset these these are you know one in a million one in a billion whatever the the um, the the actual percentage is there but. They're, they are very few, but they do exist. And I, I actually refer to these as fire brands. Hmm. So if you're an institution, organization, or a brand that has, you know, kind of put into place, put into action, a lofty aspirational vision statement, and then you one day achieve it, just know that you're in very like select elite company at that point, And it does happen. Yeah. So you may have to reset or recalibrate at that point and, you know, Kudos to you. You are now a firebrand. Yeah. Wow, dude. Uh, this is this is so great. Um, it, it's ultimately like when I think about these uh, these examples that you've just outlined, what it also does from a from from a pure like uh, re retention standpoint and a pure sort of like talent acquisition standpoint, if, if done well, right, you, you should have people on your team that if, if they really believe in this vision, they want to stick around and they want to work with you forever. Right. Like, and you should be yeah. attracting people that want to come in and join the cause and, and be there forever. Right. If they Absolutely. really, if they really believe in, in, in what you're preaching here. It, it helps with, it helps with acquisition. It helps with retention. It yeah. helps with alignment. You know, going back to that question again, like why should we invest or kind of reevaluate our vision statement? It's because of all those fundamentally sound business reasons. And there's a lot of science you know, a lot of research behind this that kind of proves it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I want to get a little bit more tactical here. And I'd sure. love for you to kind of help if folks listening in. They're like, love what you're saying. Ian. I, I think that I probably need to audit my vision statement or I don't even know what our organization's vision statement is. Depending on the uh, listener's context, they may or may not be uh, in control of, of doing much about that. But let's just for argument's sake, say that those tuning in do have control and they, and they want your help and your support in walking them through like a, a crawl walk kind of like run approach to developing a great vision statement. How, how would you help folks do that? 
Yeah, that's great. And for those people who do feel motivated, who do feel hyped to do this kind of work, they can do this work on themselves, mm. right? So I have a, a whole here on a mission uh, workshop that I offer to individuals. So if, if this is work that maybe you can't do in the office at you know the, the admissions department at a university, maybe you want to just build your own vision statement for your life, right? And, and this ultimately is going to be a great motivator for you at the individual level. So I'm just offering that as a possibility if you hit any roadblocks or you know, someone puts up a wall and you, you can't actually bring this to your company or, or organization. But to answer your question, there are really three, four, I guess, kind of key steps in terms of crawling, walking and running. Uh, the very first step is just to reflect on several key questions. Hmm. I'll give you those questions, you know, in this podcast episode. But then also, if anybody wants to go and do the Brand Manifesto workbook, you'll see those questions there as well. So you're going to reflect on these several key questions. That's step number one. Step number two is you're going to write down your answers. I wouldn't try to overthink this. I would put a time limit on it, maybe five to 10 minutes per question at most. And then pass it through a litmus test, which I'm also going to provide you. So this is just a way to kind of spot check. Hey, did I do, did I reflect on the questions and did I answer them correctly? So number three is pass it through this litmus test. And then number four if you feel confident and you're ready to move forward, present this to your team and maybe do a little refinement at that point. This mm -hmm. is not a, you know, design by committee exercise. This is what do you like about this? What resonant, you know, what is resonant with you? What is unclear? You're really looking for clarity here. Yeah. So reflect on the questions, write the answers down, pass it through the litmus test. And then if you feel ready to go, present it to your team and get that final polish. Now, the vision statement itself, again, tactical here, this can be as little as one sentence or a short paragraph, right? Let's keep it short. Let's keep it concise. And ideally, you're going to end up with that one concise sentiment that describes what you're looking to achieve. So the questions that you can ask and reflect on is, what do I want to become? Hmm. Or what does my department wish to become? What is my primary future goal? What do I want to achieve? And if you want to go a little bit deeper, why? You know, why is that important? Yeah. Achieving that, why is that important? And what is my big, hairy, audacious goal? Hmm. Now, these are all going to kind of gel together. If you, they're, they're intended to give you different kind of fractals or perspective on that final central sentiment. But what do I want to become? What's the primary goal? What are we looking to achieve and why? And what is that big, hairy, audacious goal? Yeah. yeah. So that, I'll, I'll leave you I'll leave you with those questions. And like I said, you could download those in our workbook and, you know, use that to kind of, as you said, crawl, walk and then run through this exercise. Yeah, I, I, I love these questions. Um, they're they're super helpful. And yeah, we'll link that work that workbook in the in the show notes too, so folks can access that. Um, what one quick follow up question I had to to what you just shared, Ian, is I, I was looking back through the, the vision statements of, of Google's, of of Meta's, and of Amazon's, and they're they're not they're not like comparative statements. And I, I feel like I oftentimes see. And again, maybe these are because people often group these together, vision and mission statements. They, they tend to mm -hmm. they somewhat use, oftentimes they use like comparative language, like be the yeah. be the best at X, right? Or be yeah. better at Y, right? 
um, than right. the other guys. But what's interesting about these examples that you've highlighted as some of like the best vision statements is they're they're not necessarily comparative, uh, uh, almost at all, right? So when it when it comes to when it comes to using that sort of language, or I guess maybe even uh, taking a step back, when when you think about like the declaration, um, is mm-hmm. is is it is it important to think about the declaration in the context of, of more of like a silo than it is in the context of how it might relate to another organization or another institution or what thoughts do you have on on the actual language used to write these these statements? Yeah, what what is that quote from Henry Ford? If I had listened to my competitors, I would have built a faster horse, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, this is your vision. This is the one time where this has to come from you. Yeah. You are you are the originator. You know, you you are the dean, you're the vice provost, you're the founder your you know incoming ceo or president this really has to be kind of blinders on what am i looking to achieve yeah yeah so i i don't suggest at at all doing comparative language now you can of course measure right we we talked about well how do you quantify this and how do you measure against if you're actually making progress you can measure against you know, how your competitor might be doing in a similar space with a similar vision. But ultimately, this is this has to be, again, blinders all on looking forward. If if you want to kind of spot check this or just kind of write it simply out, uh, there's also a, a good formula you could follow. And I think, uh, which one is it? I think it's Amazon who kind of makes the best use of this, this format or, or you see this format most readily in uh, Amazon's version. We will accomplish X. Hmm. So that's the, you know, again, that's the what. Yep. By Y. Yep. So that's your time period because of Z and Z being your Y statement. So we will accomplish becoming an ideal agency that outlives generations and provides prosperity to many by the time. <laughs> Ian even star dies or moves on <laughs> because we believe that education is the primary means of ascension and we want to bring as much ascension and light to the world as possible. Okay. So that's a sort of a format that we've adopted. And I think it could be helpful if, as you go through this exercise, we will accomplish X by Y because of Z. Yeah. I, 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 oh, this is, this is gold. I also, I, what I'm thinking to you is even just bringing, bringing this, uh, down to earth, so to speak, of like every single person listening to this should do some should develop a mission, a, a vision statement, excuse me, for their for their specific team. Like I, I imagine, like getting into into a room, right, with your your yes. a, a director of marketing communications. You've got your small, you're at a small school. You've got two people on your team, so it's three of you, right? Yes. What yes. what does it look like to develop a vision statement for your team, right, in this uh, X Y Z uh, framework formula? I, I think that that exactly. that in and of itself is so it's so specific. Um, you, you do you, those three people should more or less have control, right? In in progressing towards this vision, um, and I, exactly. I and I think that that in and of itself will just provide so much clarity, so much focus, so much direction. Um, and if, if yes. that if that can be done well, I mean, hey, you know, watch out, watch out for that team, watch out for that unit, because um, they're, they're going to get shit done. <laughs> 
Yeah, totally. And and this, you know, just to, to kind of tie it back to something that was stated earlier, that book drive mm. says what really motivates us and drives teams. So if, if it's that three person team, you're now you're now saying, OK, you're going to develop purpose, which is that vision statement that each of you are going to then present back. But you're also going to have the autonomy <laughs> to craft your own vision. Mm. Now, the, the filter on this is like, does it roll up again to the institutional vision? We have to make check alignment there. But yeah, I love this. I, I put this basically back on each one of our units at Unincorporated. So we have a branding team, a marketing team, and a design team. Mm. And I, I say exactly that. Like, what's the design team's vision for this year? Mm. What mm. are you looking to accomplish by the end of the year? And why is that important to you? Yeah, yeah. And they get such a sense of autonomy. And the entire year, we're spot checking against that vision. <laughs> yeah. What, what, I, what I also love about this is... It, it can also be this this real tool of empowerment for your team with respect to leadership, yep. right? For example, if you, if you're doing if you're doing this well, right, and ultimately you're getting sign off from the dean or you know whomever, um, that yep. hey, this is this is our team's vision, right, uh, for for the year for the next couple of years. Um, if there's if there's sign off there, then when an opportunity presents itself, right, or when a, when it, one yep. might call it a some might call it an opportunity, others might call it a distraction. Right, you you yeah. vet it or against, a challenge, or a know, challenge. It's a basic challenge. You vet yeah. you vet it against the the vision statement, and if there if the work has been done, right, and if you all are in fact in alignment, if if it doesn't fit the vision, it shouldn't be done. And if it does fit the vision, right, then the conversation around how okay how do how do we make this happen? How do we make this work? Um, needs needs to be had. But I feel like in lieu of this, right, without without these these frameworks, these these really these guardrails, so to speak, yep. um, it is yes. it's very difficult to develop a sense of of prioritization, a sense of focus, and and um, actually like stick to it, right? Stay stay true to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And and think how motivating that is at the end of the year when you do your annual retreat, hmm. and each one of your teams are coming back and said, "Hey, look." This is this was the vision of what we were trying to accomplish this year. And maybe you come up a little short, but look at all the places where we hit, where we achieved our vision. Yeah. What better way to rally and celebrate and increase motivation and increase that retention and get people hyped on the next year than to do that, you know, to celebrate that big win of where where you reached or how, you know, how close you came to that vision statement year after year. Yeah, yeah. On, on the note of like measurement, um, like I, I think that there are, depending if you're a smaller team or smaller unit, it's probably easier to kind of measure whether or not you've realized a particular vision or not. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to a vision statement's impact, kind of like maybe at the institutional level or or at the, yeah. the, the wider team or the wider academic unit level, when it comes to understanding sort of how it, how um, that vision statement has has been influenced or has influenced from a branding or marketing perspective are there any sort of yeah. ways to think through that and, and think about how how one might measure that for example if if you're google right yes. how is google measuring whether or not they're making progress towards that end or not and and how might we do that within the context of higher education yeah for sure so behind me there's a, a map of an airplane you could think of your organization as an airplane so the the engines the right and left engines th this is your marketing and your sales effort hmm. right this is what actually is going to help give you lift 
you have the the body of the plane which is basically like your overhead right <laughs> and think about this if you ever get on an airplane that had like a huge fuselage or a huge uh, body of an airplane with like really tiny engines <laughs> never <laughs> never right so and, I, and i'm not going to break down the all of the different components the of the airplane of the, plane, the cockpit yeah. <laughs> of course is like the leadership but the to answer the question is one way you can approach the vision statement and especially if it's like a year yearly plan or a two-year plan that you're trying to craft a vision statement for one thing you can do is think about where your pain points are think about the parts of your airplane that are you know maybe a little ineffective or hmm. undernourished hmm. so again that could be endowment that could be launching a new program that could be uh, generating you know better quality students or getting your enrollment numbers up or increasing your ranking so you could you could basically self-identify the place or the parts of your unit that need to improve and then craft a vision around that. Yeah. yeah. And then that that's a really good way, again, to what gets measured gets improved to put in some measurements um, that kind of roll up to the vision statement. So, you know, one just candidly, one thing that we had to do a few years ago as unincorporated was going through covid and, and sort of, you know, making sure that we stayed afloat. I had to come to the table with very clear financial statements in the vision. Hmm. We need to hit this number by the end of the year because otherwise, guess what? Things may change drastically. Yeah, yeah. So, so it could be, you know, I don't want to lose sight on the fact that this, this, it's not just like, oh, you know, love language here that we're developing for our teams. These can be very specific goals, business goals or organizational goals that meet the needs either of your primary pain points or meet the needs that you know as a leader you're going to have to achieve in order to continue to grow and prosper. Yeah, and just on that note too, I, I would argue that you know the the right people, right? Uh, the right people want to receive transparent feedback and in, in in context from leadership. And some people, I, I feel like the fear is right as a leader that oh well, if I share this or I reveal this, people will leave or people will get upset or people will be right. you know, overly burdened or you know take it personally or yada yada yada. The list goes on. And yet at the same time, I think yeah. when it comes to when it comes to doing hard things and, and higher education has to do a lot of hard things um, a, a, as an industry, you, you you really have to be transparent and you have to you have to be willing to kind of take that risk that yeah you might you might offend some people you might um, some people might decide to, to move on some people might be really scared when they when they see like the the revenue goals right but the, sure. the, the right people all right and assuming you know that you're delivering this uh in good faith and as uh, as a wise and sound and, and relatively peaceful individual the yeah. the right people um on the bus right are are going to really appreciate that context so that they have clarity right and so that they understand what actually needs to happen um, in order, in order to kind of you know raise the boat, or in order to to kind of achieve that that particular end, and I think the challenge for for many folks is in lieu of that direction, in lieu of that clarity, skepticism rolls in, negativity rolls in, right? A lack of focus yeah. rolls in. Um, yes. And I, I think that the next generation of of great leaders in higher education are going to have to be very transparent leaders. And I think Absolutely. developing a solid vision statement with and for your team is is one tool in the toolbox to enabling that to happen. Yes. Here, here's the 
the caveat to that, and this is where I would I would add, clarify, and underline for our listeners. The caveat to that is, I, you know, so I agree 100 <laughs> that you need a clear vision statement because it equals purpose and yep. that equals motivation, right? That's the simple formula I gave you earlier. Yep. But if you don't have the how-to, if you don't have the plan of the mission statement on mm. how we're going to hit that revenue number, how we're going to launch that new program, that's when people get nervous. But that's not enough. You then have to follow that up with, I know this is scary, but this is exactly how we're going to do it. This yep. is our mission that we're going to follow. Yep. Vision yep. without execution is hallucination. And no one wants to follow a leader in any organization that's just hallucinating around visions. So vision has to be backed up by mission. And of course, the governing laws around all of that is core values, which we're going to talk about on the next episode. Oh, sir, this was wonderful. Um, appreciate appreciate your time. Appreciate uh, the the work that you've done just over the course of the last several years to help contextualize uh, a lot of this for us um, in in higher ed. For folks that want to learn a little bit more about you and or the work that you all are doing at at Unincorporated, we'll have links to your social profiles and your website in the show notes below. Is there anywhere else cool. you'd like folks to to reach out, or is uh is that the best place? I think that's the best place. I openly encourage everyone to email me directly. So if you want, I'm, you know, I'm very open to uh, to an email coming in, ian at unincorporated.com. That would be wonderful just to reach out, have a conversation like this. If any part is unclear, because this, this is my life's work. Part of my vision of who I am as an individual is to help enable higher education succeed and grow. So this is just a delight to have this platform. And finally, you know, after two decades of developing this framework to finally be able to share it with others. So if anybody wants to reach out and connect, please do. I would love that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for your time, sir. It's been a, it's been a privilege. And if you are just joining us, this is a special series, a uh, collaboration between Enrollify and Unincorporated. So if you scroll down to the show notes, this is episode three here. So you can go back and listen to episodes one and two. Uh, and or jump ahead to episode four if you're listening to this after we've published episode four. All those links will be accessible in the show notes below so you can stream, binge the series um, to your heart's content. Ian, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, Zach. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.